0: You know who belongs in the Hall of Fame? Vern Llewellyn? Lavy Dillwig? Sterling Sharp? Look up those names, people. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. Yes, today is a Monday. We're still waiting on news from Aaron Rodgers. I'm still waiting for 400 subs on YouTube. Uh, But today, we're going to talk about a topic that's been kind of lingering in the air. Um, You know, this is a topic that came about when the Hall of Fame induction class happened a couple weeks ago, and then people all of a sudden turned the page and looked at who could be in next year. And a lot of Packer fans said Jordy Nelson. He's finally eligible. So let's talk about his candidacy today. We're also going to talk about the candidacy of another longtime Packer who is still believed to maybe kind of sort of ish have a chance. And so I'm going to review his candidacy. I'm going to go over both Donald Driver and Jordy Nelson's stats and compare them to what the average modern Hall of Famer looks like. Because we have had a number of Hall of Famers or wide receivers enter the Hall of Fame in the last couple of years. So let's go over their resumes and compare it to that of Jordy Nelson and Donald Driver and see how the Packer greats stack up against those who are in Canton or heading there shortly. So before I get to that, though, I did just want to explain quickly. uh, Number one, I'm doing a mailbag coming up soon. So if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, that you want me to research, that you want me to dive into, simply just comment on this video or the next couple videos I'm going to do, depending on if any news about a certain quarterback breaks this week or anything like that. It may be Friday that I tackle the mailbag. It may be heading to next week. Also, there's going to be a three part series coming up soon where I review the other teams in the division their standing and how they stack up against the decisions that the Green Bay Packers have to make. So before I really dive into Jordy versus Donald, I did just want to explain kind of the tiers of greatness that you can be selected to for the Packers. Okay, And first, of course, is the Packer Hall of Fame, right? Jordy's going in there soon, Donald's already in. That's where all the Packers' greats are recognized in the Hall of Fame in Green Bay. But then above that, there happens to be the NFL Hall of Fame. Of course, a more exclusive tier. That's the one in Canton, Ohio. But then beyond that, the Packers continually choose to recognize, even farther, some players. And that would be in the Ring of Honor, inside Lambeau. There's a lot of misconceptions about what that Ring of Honor is. And the truth is, that Ring of Honor is for... Packer people who have made the NFL Hall of Fame. There's one exception to that withstanding, and that would be that of Ted Thompson. So it's it's mainly for people who have made the NFL Hall of Fame, people who uh, spent the majority of their careers in Green Bay or are easily identifiable as Packers. For the vast majority of Packers in the NFL Hall of Fame, it's you just think of them as Packers, right? Brett Favre, we may not want to think of him as a Packer anymore for a lot of fans, but like, hey, he's there. But there's there's Brett Favre, there will be Aaron Rodgers, no matter what happens over the final twilight of his career. Um, there are some players that are just definitively Packers. Then you've got a couple who are kind of split, right? Reggie White, kind of an eagle, kind of a Packer, but most people think of him as a Packer. Charles Woodson, whose time was truly split between being a Raider and a Packer. So, but nonetheless, if the Packers kind of call them one of their own, because remember, in the NFL Hall of Fame, you don't pick a team. You're not assigned to a team like baseball. So the Packers kind of kind of pick and choose who it is that they want to call their own. And so then they put them in the ring of honor in Lambeau. And then, of course, there's one step beyond that, and that would be the Packers electing to retire a number. And that is truly, in Packer history, the top, the absolute most highest thing you can possibly achieve is getting your number retired by the Green Bay Packers, of which there's five numbers, soon to be six, that have true standing as officially retired numbers. Of course, that's number three for Tony Canadeo, number four for Brett Favre, 14 for Don Hudson, 15 for Bart Starr, 66 for Ray Nitschke, I'm sorry, I counted wrong, 92 for Reggie White, and what soon will be the seventh, 12 for Aaron Rodgers who's unequivocally going to be getting his number retired beyond that though there are two numbers that are unofficially retired one would be number five for Paul Hornig since he retired there's there's a lot of interesting history here that you can read on Packers.com about the fact that it was going to get retired and then it didn't and Vince Lombardi was very involved in this like he wanted to get it retired for Hornig and just never happened and it got complicated because of his gambling suspension and so Nonetheless, the Packers have not handed it out for a regular season game ever since. It's basically this tabooed, you know, not taboo, but it's this, it's an unofficial honor for Paul Hornig. And then, of course, number one, uh, number one being there for Curly Vince. It's no one's ever really defined it, but a lot of people believe number one to be unofficially retired. It's untouchable. Considered that way to honor Curly and Vince in some kind of pseudo unofficial type way. I don't know exactly so let's move on let's look at jordy nelson and donald driver do they have a legitimate chance of course they're packer hall famers these people are beloved they ran the softball game <laughs> like they, these are wisconsin people right but do they belong in Canton. First let's review the candidacy of Jordy Nelson. Here are his stats. He played for 11 seasons in the NFL, racked up 613 receptions, 8,587 yards and 72 touchdowns. Now beyond the stats, what were the accolades of his career? Well, he did win Super Bowl 45. Yes, he did. He was the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2016, one of the NFL's major awards. He was a one-time All-Pro, one-time Pro Bowler and one-time receiving touchdown leader. Now, for the purposes of my stat collections here, please know that I did in include in 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 these totals of guys whether you were first team all pro or second team all pro you were an all pro if you were named to a pro bowl starter versus a pro bowl alternate whatever i gave you the pro bowl nonetheless here we go jordy nelson one time all pro one time pro bowl which looking back i was kind of surprised by kind of like I i was younger i just thought he made more turns out he didn't moving on to donald driver Now, Donald Driver had 14 seasons, all in Green Bay, 743 catches, 10,137 yards, 61 touchdowns. He, also a one-time Super Bowl champion for Super Bowl forty-five, a four-time Pro Bowler. Now, interesting note, if you go research Donald Driver for yourself, you're going to see that Wikipedia lists him as a five-time Pro Bowler. Everywhere else that I could find, like, just said four-time. I'm not sure... So, either way, Donald Driver, four- or five-time Pro Bowler, you're going to see shortly how that stacks up against other receivers. It's not great for the Green Bay greats, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to say. Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, unequivocally great players. But when you see the types of players that are being inducted into Canton and played the same position in approximately the same time frame, suddenly you kind of take a step back and go, They were great for us. Maybe not great in the all-time pantheon of wide receivers. So, I have here the profiles of the last six Hall of Famers, this player is named to the NFL Hall of Fame, who were wide receivers. This is the last six of them. I should say, with the caveat, the last six whose careers actually touched the new millennium. I did not include Cliff Branch, Drew Pearson, other guys who've been put in by senior committees um, because I just didn't feel as though their raw stats was going to be genuinely comparable to that of Jordy and Donald. So let's start off looking at Marvin Harrison. Yes, the Indianapolis Colts great. He played for 13 seasons in the NFL. 1,102 receptions, 14,580 yards, 128 touchdowns. The man was an eight-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champion, two-time NFL Receiving Yards leader, two-time NFL Receptions leader, part of the NFL 2000s All-Decade team, and part of the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time team. Okay, moving on. Number two, Randy Moss. 14 seasons, 982 catches, 15,292 yards, 156 touchdowns. He was the Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1998, the Comeback Player of the Year in 2007. Made four All-Pros, six Pro Bowls, five-time NFL touchdown leader, 2000s All-Decade team, 100th anniversary All-Time team. Still holds two NFL records, receiving touchdowns in a season and receiving touchdowns by a rookie. He was the fastest player to reach 5,000 career receiving yards. That's a hell of a resume. It's also Randy Moss. Like, come on. Terrell Owens played for 15 seasons in the NFL, 1,078 catches, 15,934 yards, 153 touchdowns, five-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Pro Bowl, three-time NFL touchdown leader, 2,000s All-Decade team, only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. He's third all-time in receiving touchdowns, third all-time in receiving yards, and eighth all-time in receptions. Moving on from that, Calvin Johnson. Megatron from Detroit, nine seasons, 731 catches, 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns. So you can see already he played fewer seasons than Jordy or Donald and yet already has more stats. He was a four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time receiving yards leader, one-time receptions leader, 2010's All-Decade team. He still has the NFL records for most receiving yards in a single season and most consecutive 100-yard receiving games, coming in at eight straight games that he 100 yards receiving. Isaac Bruce is next up, and realistically, Isaac Bruce is one of the weakest resumes of the modern era wide receivers to get put in. One of the weakest overall cumulative resumes, but because he played for so long, he wound up fifth all-time in receiving yards. Isaac Bruce played for 16 seasons across his time with the Rams, 1,024 receptions, 15,208 yards, 91 touchdowns. He was a Super Bowl champion, a one-time All-Pro, a four-time Pro Bowler. He led the NFL in yards once, fifth all time in receiving yards and perhaps in the case of Donald versus Jordy Isaac Bruce is the closest match because you can tell the one-time all-pro Jordy had that the four-time pro bowler Donald had that what they didn't have was the reverse of that Jordy wasn't in the pro bowl four times Donald wasn't an all-pro ever The yards leader Jordy was a touchdown leader once but still even the weakest of this batch is doing things both Jordy and Donald did Last one, Tim Brown, played for 17 seasons, had 1,094 catches, 14,934 yards, 100 touchdowns. The man was a two-time All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in kickoff yards once, and still has the NFL record for most consecutive starts by a wide receiver. I love Jordy. I love Donald. They are all-time Green Bay greats. The list of franchise records that those two holds for Green Bay is remarkable. But I am sorry to say when you stack them up against the types of receivers who are getting inducted into Canton right now, their place is in the Packer Hall of Fame. Not getting their numbers retired in Green Bay. Not getting inducted into Canton. They were great, and we can appreciate them for what they were. They're just not going to Canton. Or I'd be very, very surprised if they ever did. And that's okay. So, moving on from that topic, of course, other news. I'm just going to round out the episode by saying this. We saw at the tail end of last week, there was there was Bob McGinn recording that the Packers are disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. And if he comes back, he's going to be Jordan Love's backup, just like the Packers did with Farvin Rogers, Bob McGinn, old man yelling at a cloud. And you and look, Bob McGinn has been a great reporter for a long time. Did a lot of great writing, for sure. But ever since he's really gone private, or he's retired, now he does his newsletter, his, uh, yeah, his newsletter, now he does some writing for The Athletic, or at least he used to. There's this definite reputation, this definite thing over the last couple of years of him almost going Schefter-ish in that here's the news and then here it is blown up times a thousand. So are the Green Bay Packers disgusted with Aaron Rodgers? I don't doubt for a millisecond at this point that they want to move on. And I've addressed that a lot. The reporting from the team, even though it's all unnamed, has been too consistent, too purposeful. I do think the Packers want to move on. Whether or not they should, you can argue about all day. I think they want to. But Bob McGinn seemed to take that to a whole other level. But Tom Silverstein, current writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and one of the most respected beat reporters there is, period. If Tom Silverstein writes something, he means it. And you know, it's legit. And he wrote an article detailing that Brian Gutekunst told another NFL source in the latter part of the season, That he believes it's time Green Bay moved on. It's Silverstein. I trust it. I respect it. I don't doubt it. The only part that's weird is who exactly did Goodikens tell that to? Because I don't think Goodikens is just walking around saying, I don't want Aaron Rodgers anymore. It's a little bit of a quandary. But then beyond that, too, who's leaking this and why now? Those are perhaps the more pertinent questions as opposed to questioning whether it's true or false. Why now? And who's talking? Are other teams attempting to put a rift between Rodgers and the Packers that Rodgers wants a trade? Is a different team or are the Packers leaking it to basically say, hey, Rodgers is on the market. Bit away, everybody. We don't know. Hopefully we know soon. That's all I can say for any of us. Hopefully we know soon. You got any questions for the mailbag? You got anything you want me to research? Put it down in the comments. I'll be happy to do so. Going to do a mailbag episode coming up. Thanks so much for being here. Please share this video around. Tell your friends. We're getting really, really close to 400 subs. Another milestone in the books for this, what? Eight month old podcast? So thanks so much for joining me here. I do truly appreciate You giving a little bit of your time, your attention, coming this way for your Packers content and coverage. Hope you have a great day and as always, Go Pack Go!